James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Trials is a word us Christians use for all the bad stuff that happens to us. Normal people come home from work and say, you wouldn't believe what that useless so-and-so asked me to do today. But Christians, they come home and they say, oh darling, this day was such a trial. It makes their complaining sound so much more noble, doesn't it? But the real reason we call bad stuff trials is that every time something happens that we don't like, our faith is being put to the test or tried. Now, you might ask, how is my faith being tested when, let's say, my wife's grumpy? Am I supposed to trust God to strike her dumb? No, what's happening is that you're being tested to see how you'll respond. Will you respond with faith? Or will you respond in some other way? That's the test. To respond with faith is to respond as if all that you've ever read in the Bible is true. Like when it says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Or, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Or, delight yourself in the wife of your youth. When your wife's being grumpy... You're being tested to see, will you respond as if those things are true and so prove that your faith is strong? Or will you respond some other way and prove that you're having a day off as far as faith is concerned? That's how a grumpy wife or a grumpy husband, for that matter, is a trial. And you can apply the same sort of reasoning every time something bad happens. Life is full of trials. There's not a day goes by, but something happens to put your faith to the test. There are all kinds of trials, big ones and small ones. Funny thing is, it's mostly the little ones that get you. Have you noticed that? You get fired from your job or somebody dies or a major illness strikes you down and, well, that just throws you back on God because there's nothing else you can do but turn to him in times like that. But those little trials, when your wife's grumpy or when your husband's lazy, when your children won't go to sleep, when your boss can't be pleased no matter what you do, when something doesn't work out the way you want, when you wake up dosed with the cold, they're not big things, but they're still trials. And it's those little ones often that trip you up. I mean, how many times, let, let me make it easy, how many times this week, when you've had one of those trials thrown at you, how many times have you got grumpy, or sulked, or ended up being miserable and making everybody around you miserable, or said or done something that you shouldn't have done, even lost it altogether? Not much faith demonstrated there, was there? Well, 
you're about to learn how to avoid that because in these verses, Jim tells us a good practical way to be sure we handle our trials the right way. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Whenever anything happens that you don't like, various trials, he says, all kinds of trials, big ones and the little ones, whenever anything happens that you don't like, consider it a reason to be joyful. And look, he says, count it all joy. In other words, don't just think, maybe there'll be some good in this somewhere, someday. No, you've got to think this thing in its entirety is a reason to be joyful. It's a reason for unmixed joy. Whoa, how can you do that? Before I answer that, let me just make clear what James isn't saying. He's not saying put a silly grin on your face and shout praise the Lord. He's not saying pretend the trial's not a trial at all. If you go over to 1 Peter in chapter 1 and verse 6, Peter says, You're looking forward to heaven, and in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Do you see how he says you have been grieved? Your trials are causing you grief, they're causing you distress, they're causing you turmoil. They hurt, in other words, and nobody's pretending they don't. But even in the presence of the pain, what Peter's saying is you can still look forward and rejoice. And well, James is saying the same kind of thing here. He's saying when the trials come, the pain is real, You might well be all caught up and that's okay, but even so, look at those trials and see in them a reason to rejoice. See every trial when it comes as a reason to rejoice. Well, how can you do that? How can things you don't like and don't want to happen and things that cause you pain and things that break your heart How can you possibly think of them as reasons for unmixed joy? I mean, would you not just be killing yourself? Burying your head in the sand? Well, no. James goes on to explain, Count it all joy, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. When your faith is tested, it makes you patient. Now, patience might not be the best word here. Perseverance or endurance would be better. Every time you come through a trial and face it with faith, you become a stronger, more persevering Christian. You get one step closer to being what James calls a complete and mature Christian, lacking nothing. Now you think of some of the mature Christians you know. I don't necessarily mean old Christians. I mean Christians who have grown and matured and become perfected over the years. What is it that stands out about them? There might be a lot of things, but something that's always evident is patient endurance. Calm confidence. They can't be ruffled. You shake them as hard as you like and nothing spills out of them but goodness. 
That's what James means by a perfect and complete Christian. He doesn't mean somebody who never sins. That won't happen till you get to heaven. He means a Christian who has matured in every aspect. And that's what you want to be, isn't it? I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about growing stronger and becoming more like Jesus. That's your goal, isn't it? Well, that's what you said your goal was when you were saved. You said you wanted to become like Jesus. Well, James is telling us here, that's why every trial is a reason to rejoice. If you face your trials with faith, if you keep on trusting God and being obedient to his word, you'll grow stronger as a Christian and become more like Jesus because of those trials. But there is a condition. If you want your trial to make you more like Jesus, did you notice there's a condition? If those trials are going to make you into a mature and complete Christian, you have to let patience have its perfect work. You see, most of us don't let patience have its perfect work. When something annoying happens, the first thought is, what can I do to get out of this? How can I cut this short? How can I make it go away? How can I lessen the pain? And yeah, sometimes you can. Sometimes there are right, good things you can do to bring a trial to an end more quickly. And it's always good to do those things when you can. But a lot of the time, the things we resort to are not right or godly. A lot of the time when trials come, we get angry. Or we use harsh words. Or we strike out. We try to get even. We become resentful or bitter or hard-hearted or cold. We get defensive and selfish. We get gloomy and even depressed. There's a whole list of possibilities and you know the kind of things I mean because you've done them often. Well, James would say, when you do wrong things to cut your trials short, you deny that endurance its chance to grow and you don't make progress toward becoming a complete Christian. Now, let's put all this together. Whenever a trial comes your way, I don't care what it is, whenever a trial comes your way, your first thought must always be, this is entirely a reason to rejoice. It's not something to be annoyed about. It's not something to complain about. It's not something to be anxious about or afraid of. This is good. It might hurt, but it's good and I'm glad of it because it's another opportunity for me to become more like Jesus. It's not always easy to remember to do that. So learn these verses, write them down, stick them up on the fridge door or somewhere else where you'll see them every day and practice till it becomes your habit whenever bad stuff happens to think this is a reason to rejoice because it's an opportunity to become more like Jesus. And now you can do one of two things. You can keep trusting God's word and doing what it says, keep having faith, persevere, endure, and if you do, you will grow and mature. 
Or you can act like you don't believe God's word and react in some sinful way. And if you do that, your trial will do you no good at all. If you keep rejoicing and persevering, enduring in faith, in all the wee everyday trials that come your way, you'll get good at it. And then when the big trials come, you'll be ready for them. And if you keep rejoicing and persevering, enduring in faith in all your trials, God will keep allowing trials to come your way until you become just what you want to be, a mature and complete Christian who lacks nothing. Thank you.